It's your girl, Rebecca. And Lily. And you're listening to... Just Ghouly Things. Hey, Boo Things, and welcome back to Just Ghouly Things. And we are your beautiful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. Hey. So, Lily, um... On a scale to one to stupid, um, I flew into stupid town ten times over um, because, (laughs) you know, we recorded last week's episode on haunted forests. Yeah. Juicy episode, hour and a half. Check it out. Um, So I was wondering, like, you know, every episode we have, we always get people damning us like, oh, I love this episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's like really informative, blah, 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 blah. I we didn't get any DMs about it, and I'm like, that's so weird. Like, usually people will screenshot it and like post on their story, whatever, because like our boo things are awesome. I go to look on uh, on our RSS feed where I post it, and it's posted, but I forgot to press save so that it actually uploaded onto like Apple Podcasts, Google, <laughs> Spotify. So this whole week. <laughs> we filmed last week and we had it posted on time. I just never hit save changes to like oh the description. So God. it never actually posted so everyone could listen. So you guys are getting a double whammy this week. I posted last week's episode today, and then you guys are gonna get this episode um tonight on what is it? It's Tuesday or Wednesday? Today's Tuesday. Today's Tuesday. So you guys are gonna get it uh, if you guys are listening right then and there, Tuesday night. Uh so yeah, enjoy catching up on all your just ghouly things and that is my bad <laughs> okay so so is that why like I, po- I posted the link that we talked about in the episode to the suicide forest blog and i was like this isn't getting like any comments <laughs> that is exactly why i dropped the ball <laughs> i took the biggest l um it's just so bad when you get into like a swing of like a rhythm and i'm just so used to like I post the I post the description of the show and I do this that and the other thing, and you just go through this rhythm and I guess I just I did something differently and so my steps were kind of mixed up and so I actually never I posted it on the RSS feed but I never saved it so that it could actually be published live. So um, at least it didn't delete the episode because that was a really juicy episode, Lily. You it was like such a good episode. You killed I'm glad it. We still have. You know what? Better late than never. Exactly. And honestly, you guys, you guys are gonna love this episode just because um, it's just chock full of information. Lily takes over and like gives so much <laughs> information, more specifically about the suicide forest. You know, surprise, surprise. And um, it's just really, it's a really good episode. So let us know what you think. Um, but this episode um, is taking a different turn. We're not talking necessarily about land and nature, but we're talking about our furry friends. Um, haunted pets. So I brought this topic up to Lily because I feel like you could have gone in whatever direction you want. It was a very vague topic, but it talked about it could either be about pets that come haunt you, like in the fact that they come back and show their presence after they've deceased. It could be um, it could just be pets that are haunted by mm-hmm. spirits that are in people's houses. I mean, it could be any topic, but it's in regards to spirits and animals. Um, so it was kind of inspired by, you know, Lily and I have gone through loss of our furry friends. And Lily, I think you could agree with me when you say it's one of the toughest things that you've ever had to deal with. So tough. So it's, 
I'll, I'll never forget like when like my the dog we had the longest my dog Clyde when he passed away I mean it was like it was truly like a brother losing a brother mm-hmm. you know and I'm sure for you with Pepper it was like losing a sister oh for sure it's it's someone that it's some it's it really is a someone it's not a something I mean they really I swear depending on like the type of connection you have with your animal it really you know that they understand you they have human mm-hmm. characteristics they have emotions unfortunately i feel like people are so quick to try to emotionally disconnect themselves from animals and like oh they're just animals they can't feel they don't and it's like no animals do feel they do understand Absolutely. us um i i would argue that most animals are smarter than us um and they I, do I have agree. emotion uh, but yeah, like you said, I was going to ask, like, how did you feel when, you know, your animals have passed away? Um, do you have like any advice for people that may be going through a current loss of a pet or may be expecting to lose a pet soon? Do you have any coping mechanisms that you could relay to our uh, listeners? Um, definitely. I mean, spend as much time with them as you can. Mm-hmm. If you know, like if that's what we did with Clyde. Like when we were like, okay, like any day now, like really live it up. Yeah. I remember we used to give him, he loved, like, slightly bland snacks, like Nilla wafers or just, like, plain, <laughs> like, plain donuts. No glaze, no sugar, nothing. And I remember his one of his roughest nights, we really thought the next, like, we really thought we were going to wake up the next morning and he was going to be gone. Yeah. And we were, like, okay, like, we got to, like, do something for him. So we gave him one of those plain, like, Entenmann's donuts and he was like young and spry the next morning. <laughs> it was the funniest fucking thing. And ev- and it went on for a couple of weeks where he would have a really tough night. We'd give him a donut. He'd be back up and at him the next morning. Oh, he was faking it for you guys. Uh, literally. And we tagged, I tagged Entenmann's in a post, like to see if they would see it. And they responded. And I wanted to get a sponsorship, but that didn't go over. <laughs> but... I was hoping for, like, you know, like, Clyde to become the spokes dog of Entenmann's or something. But they responded. They are like, glad to see he's doing well. You know, like, we love our furry friends or whatever. So it was sweet. Aw, Entenmann's. We love you. Oh, my God. Entenmann's, the, um, the Entenmann's chocolate chip cookies, those little ones. Oh. To die for. Love Literal, them. Uh, yes. The powdered donuts. Oh, God. The cinnamon powdered donuts. Would do illegal things for all of those. <laughs> Entenmann sponsor us. I'm with you. I would rob a bank for them. I'd be like, <laughs> take all the money, put it towards Entenmann snacks. Sponsor us, Entenmann. So I kind of wanted to read a couple things before we get into the stories that we each read um, about haunted pets. Um, oh, is it the Rainbow Bridge? Don't read the Rainbow no, Bridge. No, no. No, I'm not. Oh, fuck no. Because my mom, when Pepper passed away, sent it to me, and I'm not a crier. And it made me start tearing up. And I'm like, I'm not crying in the fucking club right now. I refuse to cry. <laughs> I'm not about to cry in the club. Such a, such amazing poem. So if you guys haven't heard it or listened to it or seen it, look up Rainbow. Wait, was it called Rainbow? That's my other advice is Rainbow like, Bridge? Uh, read, look into the Rainbow Bridge. Rainbow Bridge, yeah. Check it out. It's just like a short little story or poem that makes you feel so like at peace with the loss of a pet. Exactly. So, um... Pretty much, this is going to go over, like, depending on, like, what religion you practice, but it pretty much is that, the the point is that animals do go to heaven, Um, Mm -hmm. and here's what a few other faiths have to say about the issue, Um, and this was according to Pope Francis, he says that, um, that all God's creatures, they go to heaven, 
And so to start with uh, Islam, they offer no clear answer um, mm-hmm. specifically. For Buddhism, they say that among the realms of uh, a being can be reborn into, there are several heavens, though there are not permanent places. Um, Buddhism sees animals as sentient beings like humans and says that humans can be reborn as animals and animals can be reborn as humans. So mm-hmm. given that, the question of whether or not animals can go to heaven doesn't really apply to Buddhists. Humans and animals are all interconnected. That's like the point of Buddhism. Okay, um, I love that. Yeah, and then for Hinduism, uh, pretty much uh, they outline a type of reincarnation in which mm-hmm. a being's eternal soul is reborn on a different plane after death, continuing until the soul is liberated. Animals have souls, but most Hindu scholars say that animal souls evolve into human plane during the reincarnation process. So yes, animals are a part of the same life-death rebirth cycle that humans are in, but at some point they cease to be animals and their souls enter human bodies so they can be closer to God. And then uh, Judaism is rather fuzzy on whether or not heaven or hell exists, and Mm -hmm. there are various places mentioned in Jewish texts that bear resemblance to heaven and hell. Um, but there's like nothing, but they're difficult, difficult to kind of parse out. So it should come to no surprise that Judaism is also unclear about whether or not animals go to these places. Um, some rabbis say they do and others do not. Um, so that's pretty much, uh, different religions and what they believe happens to animals once they pass on. Um, and I kind of want to go through a couple of the signs Um, and messages that animals send. So um, there's telepathic messages of simple thoughts or feelings, scents that remind you of the animal, a physical touch, such as uh, feeling an animal jump up on a bed or sofa. Um, Other signs include like sounds like hearing an animal's voice barking, meowing, dream messages in which an animal usually appears visually, objects related to an animal's earthly life moving, such as a pet's collar inexplicably showing up somewhere, you'll notice it. Uh, written messages like reading an animal's name right after thinking about that animal, apparitions, and visions. And these are specifically rare because they require lots of spiritual energy, but they do sometimes happen. Uh, So those are just a few signs that um, if you're looking to communicate with your pet, they may be trying to communicate back and you may not know the signs. So these are just a few of them. Um, And then I want to also talk about um, a few uh, excerpts from certain books that you can check out that talk about um, the passing on of animals. And this is from Margaret Coates in her book, Communicating with Animals, How to Tune into Them Intuitively. And she writes, Animal messengers travel through the dimensions of time and space to be with us. We do not have any control over this process and cannot make it happen. But when the meeting does take place, we are invited to enjoy every second of it. Um, And then there's also another book that was written by Sylvia Brown, which is titled All Pets Go to Heaven, The Spiritual Lives of the Animals We Love. And she writes, just as our loved ones who have passed watch over us and visit us from time to time, so do our beloved pets. I have received many stories from individuals about dead pets that came back to visit. Um, So there's just so many um, confirmed experiences of people that have seen loved pets that have come back to kind of let them know, hey, I'm still here in spirit. I may not be frolicking around in between your feet, may not be sleeping in the same bed as you anymore, but Mm -hmm. I do want to let you know that I'm still well. My soul is still here on this earth. And, um, yeah, I just think it's, like, such a beautiful message. So if you guys are in need, check out those two books that I mentioned. Um, 
they're one of the highly rated books in regards to the topic. So, yeah. I love that. I, I, I find it so, like, comforting that even if, like, you're not going to read the book, you know that there are books out there on on it because you don't feel like you're the only one sitting there, like, yearning to contact your past pet, you exactly, know? Exactly, exactly. This one's, I mean, I personally haven't had a dream about Pepper in, like, a few weeks, but as soon as she had passed away, I remember talking about it on the show. I had such a vivid dream of her, and she was alive and well, and she was so, like, her weight came back. She was super fluffy and meowing and moving around and wanting to be petted, and her purring was louder than ever. And it was a sign, and it was such an amazing dream that I knew that that was her actually communicating with me and letting me know that she is happy and she's healthy and she's the best she's ever been. So, bless living you. her best afterlife. Oh, wait, did you sneeze? No, I laughed. Oh, <laughs> I thought that was a sneeze. I thought you went achoo. No, I, 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 I laughed and then made some weird noise that it's I okay. can't even recreate if I tried. <laughs> All right, Lily. So, um, what's your haunted animal story you'd like to share with us? Okay, so this first one. Oh my God. Sorry. I went to open up Google Docs and I got that notification that was like, how are we doing? Rate us five stars. And now I know how our listeners feel at the end of every episode. <laughs> Just at me, Lily. Shit. <laughs> you shady I don't bitch. Mind, though. You I don't, shady I, bitch. What? <laughs> As they started saying it, I was like, wait, there's a joke there. Let me think of it. <laughs> okay. Um, honestly, though, rate us five stars, guys. It means a lot. That's coming from Lily, not me this time, guys. Just saying. <laughs> I'm a serious app rater, though. Whenever I get that, like, notification, that's like, how are we doing? I'm like, someone worked hard to write the code for that notification <laughs> to pop up. So, fuck it. Five stars. <laughs> we love people like you, Lily. We need more people in the world like me. We One really day do. there's going to be just Lilies all over the world now, and <laughs> everyone's going to be just having a good time. I'm here for it. Wearing their hair in ponytails, going for rape, going to raves. Ugh, goals. Everyone's going to be living their best life. Anyways, okay. Back to the material we're supposed to be covering. So, this is something about the blue, called the blue dog. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so... This is in Port Tobacco, Maryland. If you're looking for buried treasure, I wouldn't go to Port Tobacco to find it. At nearby Rose Hill, a legend has lived on for more than 200 years about buried gold and the spiritual protector of that small fortune. Ooh. The ephemeral, I don't think I'm saying that right, <laughs> guardian of the colonial treasure is not your typical ghost. This spirit has four legs. Charles County's blue dog legend has been around for more than two centuries, and that's not surprising. Purported to be the oldest ghost story in America, it's a good one. There seems to be some confusion as to whether the story originates from the colonial period or the time of the Civil War. Most versions focus on the 18th century when soldier Charles Thomas Sims and a blue tick hound stepped into one of the many taverns said to inhabit the colonial town. We know the date was February 8th and most legends place the story just after the American Revolution. 
Sin's tongue was loosened by the libations he consumed, and he began bragging about a quantity of gold he had on his person, along with a deed to property. Henry Hanos of Port Tobacco and his friends were listening as Sims enumerated over and over again how good his fortune had been. When the soldiers started off from the tavern, he got as far as Rose Hill Manor in Charles County before he was confronted by Hanos and his friends who demanded his money and the deed. <gasps> Sims was killed in the confrontation and his blue tick hound was also slain, valiantly trying to defend his <gasps> master. Oh my gosh. Oh my God, this is heart-wrenching right here. Um, legend has it, though, that both the dog and the man died atop a large stone at Rose Hill. Hanos took his stolen loot and buried it, along with the deed, under a holly tree that grew somewhere along Rose Hill Road. When he went back later to retrieve the treasure, he was confronted by the ghost of the huge blue tick hound. Ah! Some versions of the story claim the dog was part mastiff. Dogs bred for kings in ancient England. Either way, blue dog is a large dog of significant size and girth and could apparently literally frighten you to death because shortly after this encounter, Hanos took ill and fell fatally ill. Uh, reports of the blue dog's ghost began surfacing in the years that followed after the soldier's death. During the American Civil War, General Joseph Hooker, a bad last name. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people used to be named for those for their jobs. So someone was named after being a hooker? Probably. I mean, like, Smith, like, is a job. Mason is a job. Those are two very common last names. Wow. Hooker. Someone was probably a hooker. They were. I didn't realize they were called hookers back then. Okay, hooker. I mean, this like, is. I don't all hear potential. someone's last name. I don't prostitute. Know. Hooker also could have been a last name that then became became slang for a prostitute. Yeah. So it's possible the last name came first. Okay. But I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Anyways, um. So General Joseph Hooker temporarily led the Grand Army of the Potomac until a disastrous route at Chancellorsville got him the hook, if you will, from ah. President Abraham Lincoln, camped some 12,000 Union troops on the western shore of Charles County. From October 1861 through March 1862, Hooker maintained his headquarters at Chickamuxin Methodist Church. I definitely didn't say that right. <laughs> Chickamuxen. C-H-I-C-C-A-M-U-X-E-N. Maybe I did say You kind of right. killed it, though. Um, Own it. <laughs> the fascinating side note to this story is that Hooker's camps... I can't say Hooker without laughing. I'm 11 years old. <laughs> um, they resembled brothels. There's a big shocker. And members of the world's oldest profession followed the camps wherever they went. The or okay, I was right. The origin of slang hooker for a prostitute comes from this historical oddity. Ah! Oh my god, I'm so smart. Big brain shit happening here on just gooey things. You heard it here first, folks. They're named hook okay, got it. Some of Hooker's men heard the blue dog legend and decided they would find and dig up the buried treasure. When they went to abscond with the money, 
they allegedly found themselves confronted by the luminous specter of a huge blue tick hound who aggressively challenged them to such an extent that they gave up the ghost. Yes. And then Olivia Floyd, a Confederate spy who lived at Rose Hill Manor during the Civil War, confessed to the Port Tobacco Times in 1897 that she too had encountered the ghost of the blue dog. Mike Meisner, owner of the Blue Dog Saloon in Port Tobacco, said he bought the property in 1991 when it had an old grocery store on one side and a bar on the other. He said, quote, I was trying to decide what to call the place and my girlfriend at the time and I went down to Virginia and when we were coming back, I was telling her the story. She was from Port Tobacco and she said she had never heard the legend. I said, you're from Port Tobacco and you never heard of the Blue Dog? And then it hit me. That's the name of the bar, the <laughs> Blue Dog Saloon. Meisner pays tribute to the legend with a framed version of the tale and a large oil painting of the Blue Dog guarding the stone where his master died. The stone is still there, but Rose Hill Manor, where it is located, was recently purchased by new owners and is now closed to the public. The last known recorded incident of someone encountering the ghostly beast occurred in 1971 when the howl of the blue dog was heard. Several television crews who have sought evidence of the blue dog legend have filmed at Rose Hill um, and the past two years on February 8th was when the howl of the faithful hound was said to be most prominent. (gasps) So it even has, like, its own, like, peak time. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is that is the definition of a dog's loyalty. It really is. Like, they're even with you, like, okay, fuck marriage. Because marriage is till death <laughs> do us part. These dogs are here in that fucking afterlife. Facts. You speak Please, nothing but facts. All you need is, like, a dog. For real. Like, they never disappoint you. Ever. Exactly. Like, maybe, okay, like, my dog the other day made a mistake and pooped in my dad's knee brace. But other than that, she's pretty perfect. (laughs) Oh, Faithy. Faithy's trying her best. Just Faithy things. Just Faithy things. Okay, what's your story? Okay, so my next story is Ghost Towns and a Creepy Child Haunt. So this is actually a tale that was uh, filmed on a ghost episode of The Brady Bunch. Uh, And this is from uh, this is from Christopher Knight. And if you've ever watched Brady Bunch, he played Peter Brady. So the cast was staying at a creepy bed and breakfast and stayed up late telling ghost stories before finally going to bed. And according to Knight, he woke up in the middle of the night to find two hunting dogs sitting at the foot of his bed staring at him. Then, he saw a little girl gazing at him from the doorway. Neither of the dogs nor the girl made a sound. Weird, right? So, the next day, when Knight related his strange encounter, the bread and breakfast owner took him to a fireplace where two hunting dogs were depicted on a metal fire guard of the old house's fireplace. They were the same dogs Peter saw. No one knows if the decorations were inspired by two real dogs who once lived in the house, but the mysterious experience left the young actor very shaken. And that is the story of the ghost hounds and a creepy child haunting Peter Brady. Wow. Yeah. 
I like that they also call him, refer to him as Peter when his yeah. name is literally Christopher. <laughs> yeah, like no, he is he is literally. Once you were in the in the Brady Bunch, you were just identified as a part of the Brady Bunch. Your identity before that is non-existent. It's like Urkel, right? Everyone calls him Urkel. Like oh, his yeah. real name is Jaleel White, but no one calls him Jaleel White. Is it? I don't Urkel. know. You could have told me any name and I would have believed you, because all I know <laughs> is his name's Urkel. All right, Lily. So what's your next story? My next story is the Phantom Horse Thief of Scaponia Park Ooh. in Veronia, Oregon. So long ago in the late 19th century, there was a man who, as many drifters back in the day did, made a living by stealing horses and selling them. So this one isn't necessarily a pet, but it's an animal nonetheless. The stranger whose name remains unknown, had a small dog as his companion. After a while, locals were onto what the man and his dog were up to. About 12 miles west of St. Helens, Oregon, near the town of Veronia, the horse thief met his end along the banks of the Nihalum River just east of town. For some reason, the lynch mob was so overcome with anger, they shot the man's dog as well. Um, they buried, oh, I thought this was going to be about a horse. What? <laughs> wow. All kinds of twists and turns. They buried both of them together there on the banks of the river under an oak tree. It is said that on certain nights, a shadowy figure of a man and his dog can be seen wandering along the banks of the Neolum River in an area that is now known as Scaponia Park, located along the Scapus-Veronia Road. Many campers have claimed to have seen the ghostly duo in the campground there, perhaps looking for a horse or two to steal in the afterlife. Ooh. So, yeah, don't steal horses or else you and your dog will be shot. I just... How about I, just don't steal? Yeah, Maybe just, that's better. Yeah, I... And, I mean, it's very interesting to me, like, stealing a horse. I feel like it's, like... Not that easy to steal a fucking horse. Like, I feel like there's just so many moving parts to that. It just seems like a lot more effort than, like, the end result. Like, it just, I feel like there's more cons to it than pros of stealing a horse. Yeah. I don't, I, I have friends that have horses, and the amount of upkeep you have to do with these horses is unfucking real The amount of money you spend on these horses... The how much you pay... My like, aunt used to ride horses, She lo and she had a horse, and she loved it. I don't hate horses, but they definitely freak me out. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm scared of riding that. horses. Because I'm oh. scared I'll, like, fall off and become paralyzed like Christopher Reeve. Literally. Okay. So, when I was in, like, fourth or fifth grade, my family took a trip out to Colorado. And my mom booked, like, all these fun, touristy things to do. And one of them was riding on horseback through a place called Gardens of Garden of the Gods. Okay. Of the gods. And it was just like a desert kind of area, like mountainy. And my brother, my I don't remember this because I wasn't really paying attention, but apparently my brother, who was like this big tough guy, was <laughs> fucking terrified. Amazing. He would be like, uh, mama, how much how much longer are we gonna be on these horses? <laughs> and she was like, Oh, Nick, just only an hour. And he'd be like, Oh, okay, because I'm having so much fun. <laughs> he was, like, lying to his face. 
he was apparently there was just like this sheer look of sheer terror in his eyes the whole time is there picture evidence of this or video evidence I so wish. I think there's a picture of us on the horses, and you can probably see if you look carefully, just like my brother, like looking terrified. <laughs> that is hysterical. Uh, okay, so my next story is titled uh, Yaba Returns to Play Ball with Her Human. So the story of Yaba is a typical pet haunting testimonial. So on August 30th of 2011, Yaba passed 11 days before her 17th birthday. Oh, old girl. She and her owner, Maureen, were inseparable. Yaba was her, quote-unquote, rock and the love of her life, aside from her son. <laughs> <laughs> so one night, Maureen woke up and found her beloved friend had passed. She was devastated. Despite, uh, desperate and in the throes of grief, Maureen began calling out to Ab Yaba while taking pictures, hoping she could get just a glimpse of the dog's spirit in one of her photos. The second picture taken caught an image that looks just like her dog. After taking the picture, Maureen made a memorial to the dog with her toys, a rosary, and a Jesus candle. She spoke to her every day as if she was still there. And one day, Maureen took out a ball and said, Yaba, here's your ball. Come on, let's play. The ball moved. It was sitting still on the floor and rolled. Then it happened again. She felt something brush against her, though she was alone. She believes it was the ghost of Yaba letting her know all was well, and she's still with her owner in spirit. Oh, that is so pure. I know. What a sweet old girl. Mm -hmm. So do you think when dogs go to the afterlife, do you think they're puppies again, or do you think they're like, just how they were when they left but like healthy obviously or were just like whenever they were in their prime like, what i do think, you think it's when they're in their prime okay yeah like, i think it's like when they're they're like they, when they felt the best yeah um because i feel like a lot of times um like it, with, with humans too there's theories that if you pass away and you're very sick if you come back in spirit, you're seen in a more livelier version of how people remember you. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it also, like, say if, if you're coming back to visit someone, you come back in a way that is your best, like, the healthiest you're in, but a way that they remember you. Like, if my grandmother came to me as she was when she was a teenager, I would have no idea who she was. I mean, I could probably oh, recognize her, but, like... I wouldn't know right away, like, oh, that's my grandmother, because I don't remember her as a teenager. I remember her when she was in her fifties and sixties. Yeah. So, um, I think that it, I think it kind of, I guess, in a way, it's like shape shifting, but for the specific person you're visiting, and then they just Ooh, in, I like that in spirit. They are just like the healthiest they could be. Like it's like a health, like a type of health that we as human beings alive on Earth can't even fathom. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I could see that. Yeah, yeah, just, like, pure health. Like, no... And not even any... Not even, like, you know, okay, like, if you pass away of, like, cancer or something, like, obviously that's gone. But, like, no headaches. No back pain. Absolutely. You never stub your toe in the afterlife. Mm -hmm. Like, apparently, like, there's been people that they've passed on. Like, say if they... they are clinically dead for a few minutes from a horrific accident where there's this pain or whatever. Mm -hmm. And when they pass away... There have been people that have said they were in such peace and comfort. They felt so good. They've never felt so good before that when they were told that they were going to come back to Earth, like they were going to live, they didn't want to. 
because no they way. felt in such peace and they felt so good where they were in heaven that they didn't want to come back. They're like, no, like, this is the best I've ever felt. Like, I don't want to. And, you know, whoever it was said, it's not your time. And then they were brought back down to earth. Wowza. Yeah, crazy. Crazy. I like that, though, that, you know, it's not your time. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, like, you still have more. There's more to do, more for you to see. And, you know, the afterlife can wait. Yeah, it's a, it's a wake-up call some people need. And, unfortunately, sometimes it may take them to reach the point where they see the other side and it's like oh crap like this uh, this is actually happening and it's like no like you have so much more to do on this earth like you haven't completed your mission yet um because there are theories that you come onto this earth like in a as a contract that you have to do certain things and once you've you've completed that then you go back to the other side Mm -hmm. so just a bunch of interesting theories I love me some good, like, ghost theories. Same, girl. All right. Do you have any other stories? I do. I have a couple more. Ooh, okay. Let's hear them. Okay. Um, this one, okay, I'll do a cat one since we've done a few dog ones. Okay. So, this one woman shared a bizarre tale on Twitter entitled, A Ghost Story for Halloween. So, here we go. All right. A ghost story for Halloween, 2015, moved houses, saw a ghost cat sitting on stairs, didn't tell husband. (laughs) 2016, husband told me about the cat he kept seeing on the stairs. 2018, our baby's first word was cat. She says it as she points to a spot, nothing, sitting on the stairs. So the haunting, seemingly lasting at least three years, didn't just affect the family. The woman added, we've had a builder see the ghost cat, too. Our ghost cat used to appear when we got out catnip for the other cats. (laughs) We stopped seeing it when the baby was born, but apparently he is still here. Trying to explain the apparition, she said it looked like a reflection of a cat, if that makes sense. It walks away or does nothing and then just sort of vanishes, and that's that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so that was, like, a short and sweet one. But gets right to the point. Huh. So, do you think that this was a cat that previously lived there and just was like, this is my place, I'm just staying here? Or what do you think it was? Um, I think that maybe it was maybe just, like, a confused cat spirit who you know maybe isn't ready to move on yet maybe like its owners moved out of the house and it didn't want to leave its home Aww. poor cat okay yeah so my last story that i have is titled demon cat of the capital and yes i am talking about the capital building here in the u.s of a um and it's funny because this is, it's called the Demon Cat, also referred to as DC for Demon Cat. But oh, I like it. <laughs> it apparently haunts the, build, the government buildings of Washington, D.C. and the U.S. of A. for our international listeners. Um, so the history is, the story of the Demon Cat dates back a few hundred years when cats were brought into the basement tunnels of the United States Capitol building to kill rats and mice. Legend states that the Demon Cat is one of these cats who never left, even after its death. Its home is supposedly the basement crypt of the Capitol building, which was originally intended as a burial chamber for President George Washington. 
According to legend, the cat is seen before presidential elections and tragedies in Washington, D.C., allegedly being spotted by the White House security guards on the night before the assassinations of not just John F. Kennedy, but Abraham Lincoln as well. Oh, shit. Uh-huh. The cat is described as fully black and the size of an average house cat. But witnesses report that the cat swells to, quote-unquote, the size of a giant tiger, 10 by 10 feet, one alerted. <laughs> That's fucking horrifying. That's a fucking Very panther. Horrifying. So the cat would then either explode or pounce at the witness, disappearing before it managed to catch its victim. And in the, in the 1890s, the cat is said to have inexplicably vanished when some Capitol Hill guards fired their guns at it, and another supposedly died of a heart attack after seeing it. And that is the story of the demon cats. Oh, and <laughs> the, in Washington, D.C., the female rolling skate, roller skating team is called the Demon Cats, and it's named after the Satanic Kitty. I love that. Yeah. That's the highlight of the story That's right a there. badass female roller skating team name. That's a pretty great one. Okay, so look, no disrespect to other female athletes. Every female athlete, you're a bad fucking ass, and I respect you so much. But I feel like there is nothing more scary than a group of roller skating girls. Those no, girls no are out That's to kill. Mm-hmm. They will destroy you. They eat That's punches like, for it, breakfast. That's, like, up there with, like, a group of, like, teenagers. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Tweenage female roller skater team. Um, Yeah, I will just jump off the bridge myself. Thanks. I don't need to get beat up by them. Seriously, they really are unstoppable. Scary. All right, Lily. So uh, is this your last story? I have one more short one. Okay, let's hear it. Okay. So this one is from Reddit. And I didn't get the title of it because it was a, just a comment on a post, like, asking for a lot of stories. So okay. this one says, I get this, too. My cats are still alive. Please, someone let me know if you've experienced this. When we lived in an apartment, I always had one out of three cats with me at night. She was the only cat that would sleep next to me all through the night, and she still does, without waking me up at 3 to 5 a.m. The other two would sleep with my mom. I'm very close to her, and she always shows up at my door at bedtime for me to let her in. There was the rare occasion where, for whatever reason, she wouldn't come into my room. This happened every two to three months. But on those nights she wasn't there, whether I was half asleep or wide awake, I would feel and hear her jump on my bed. Distracted by my phone or sleep, I would reach over to pet her, and she wasn't there. Or I'd hear her snoring or breathing. I'd reach over, and same thing. I would always forget that she wasn't there those nights. This happened so many times that I just assumed it was my mind replaying regular memories. I really don't know. But now that we're in a house, it's never happened. Maybe our apartment was haunted by a cat. The next thing is very strange, and I've tried to forget and rationalize what I saw, but I can't. It was daytime, and I saw one of my cats dash from one room to another room. Doors are across from each other at a slight angle and the end of a hallway i was about three yards away from her i called out to her and followed but when i got there i saw both doors were closed <gasps> and my cat was not there i was so confused then i walked out into the living room to find her sleeping on the cat castle 
it was so vivid when I saw her, I didn't even question it until I saw her sleeping. <laughs> this only happened once, but I still don't understand what happened. I don't believe I've ever hallucinated before. The end. So was this like a doppelganger of her cat? Holy shit. Imagine animal doppelgangers. That's pretty fucking awesome. I think that's what we have going on here. I definitely sense a doppelganger kitty situation. Yeah. Wow. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. And that is the awesome way to conclude this episode of Jess Gooley Things Haunted Pets Edition. <laughs> so, Lily, do you have anything to close off with? Um, notice how there were no haunted birds because birds are already scary enough. <laughs> no haunted owls. God damn it, without. We need to. Okay. Whoever's in charge of cancel culture needs to get their head on straight and fucking cancel owls. Shane Dawson's been really quiet since you said this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. So let's start with the social, shall we? We shall. Follow us on Instagram at... Just Bully Things Podcast. Personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and... At Lily Baldessari. Twitter. JGT Podcast. Facebook like page. Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. Facebook private group. Just Ghoulie Things Podcast group. Donate to our Patreon. Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience you'd like to share on our show, feel free to email us at Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, Boo Things, and we will talk to Boo next week. Goodbye!